what you're not is everything that can be seen. Yeah? Like this. Yeah? It's the seeing of a body. So everything that can be seen is what I'm not, because I'm the seeing of everything that can't be seen, that can't be me. Yeah? In other words, the act of seeing is what I am. That act of being conscious is actually what I am. So what I am isn't a noun that's conscious. It's a verb, being conscious. That's what I am. The mental process is what produces a sense of being a self. You didn't have a sense of self when you were a baby. It's proven, you know, in research that the first year or a year and a half after you're born, there's no sense of other yet. There's no sense of mother. All there is is just consciousness, yeah? And if you ever watch a body, the baby, it's like something's getting used to the, like the uh, system it's dropped into. Yeah, it's the nervous system, everything is trying to get developed. It's really weird because... Actually, a human baby is one of the only things that doesn't completely develop in the womb. The brain develops outside the womb. It takes longer than nine months for the brain to develop. So that while you see in a baby, the brain is still under development. That's why the nervous system isn't together and it's here. It's, there's consciousness animating the, the apparatus, but the apparatus hasn't, all the wiring hasn't connected yet. Yeah? So in that state, there is no sense of other yet. And then after about a year and a half or something, the mental, one of the mental processes produces the sense of being a self. Yeah. So in other words, there is the mental process asked the original question, like, who am I? Yeah. And it gave itself its own answer. It says, I am what's easily recognized, the body. Yeah. So then I became the body, in a sense. And so, once the I becomes the body, this becomes who I prim primarily am. And if I am this, how can I be spirit? If I am a body, how can I be spirit? The best I can do about spirit is to become spiritual as a body. Yeah? And the brain is the body, remember. Yeah? So, if there's an identification as this, this becomes my primary reference point or location. And in this location, obviously, I'm not spirit, so I have to get spiritual. And usually, people arrive at that point after they've tried to get a lot of other things, yeah? Get successful, get this, get that, get healthy as a body, get da 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 get their dream. But sometimes, for some of us, it runs out. It doesn't seem to... When I have the outside circumstances and conditions just right, it still doesn't translate to me being happy, joyous, and free. There's something missing. So you have a little bug up your butt, and that leads you to one of the last houses on the road, which is spirituality, let's say. So now the last gas method is I'll become spiritual. You know? So let me try to find a practice I can do that will produce an effect called becoming spiritual. But what is going to be affected by all those practices is the body and the brain, because that's what you're identified as. So you, as this, are going to become spiritual by doing and having, which is just the modality of self-centeredness. Living from self-centeredness, one of the main modalities is doing and having, yes? Because you're taking yourself to be something already, and then you do and have to change that, or to uh, amplify it, or to 
increase it or to de- decrease it. So basically, you're like an urban renewal project, constantly being supervised and looked over. What do I need now? What can, what can give me an advantage so I can be doing better? But I as this, yeah? I as this body. So the primary identification becomes the starting point. So from here, the best I can do is become spiritual by practicing things. Usually the first thing you do is you try to look spiritual, don't you? You try to get some whites maybe and, you know, get that loving gaze practice and start talking more slowly and, you know, pouring out the love. All is one. But this is all malarkey, really, because what's claiming itself to be one is defined by two-ness. There is no self without other. There is no sense of being a self without the sense of another. So it's two-ness trying to say it can be oneness. But two-ness can never become oneness. It's just recognizing there is no two-ness. It's a more, totally a different approach. Yeah? So here I am as this. The sense, and it's a sense, it's like a thought wrapped with a feeling. There's a sense of being a self. It's not just thoughts about being a self. Thoughts about being a self, you could pass into the idea of being an ego, let's say, yeah? But the sense of being a self is felt, also. You feel as if you're the one who's having this feeling. You feel like you're the thinker, yeah? You feel that you are really different than Dev, because I can see Dev as something other than me, yeah? But if you look at it, really, right now, everyone is seeing, everyone, whatever you're looking at is being brought to you by seeing, yeah? So I'm looking at you, I'm seeing you, let's say. And so if we went around the room and asked, all right, describe what's happening, everyone would be saying, I'm seeing you. The you could be different, but everyone would say, I'm seeing you, yeah? So in this case, I'd be the you that all of you are seeing if you're looking this way. So they're all with all the activity would be seeing, yeah. The sense would be you're seeing, and you and what you're seeing is me, which is a you to you, yeah, yeah. You'd be seeing this as as a you. So, but what's actually happening is seeing, yeah. So if you go, okay, who's seeing? You would go, I'm seeing, yeah? which sounds pretty good. Yeah, I'm seeing. There's the act of seeing. And there's a feeling that I must be the one that's seeing. Yeah? This is the sense of a self. The seeing is correct, but the feeling that there must be one called Paul that's seeing is not. That's the mental addition to the act of seeing. So here's the seeing, and I'm seeing you. Yeah? Now, if I ask, well, who's seeing? I would say, I'm seeing. Okay, now ask again, who is this I that's seeing? Usually the answer will be me. I'll say it's me. Why is that me? To the mental process. That me is what you call a you. When you're looking at me, I'm a you. Yeah? I'm an object called a you. When I'm identified with this object called a you, it's me. Yeah? So there's the looking. I, 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 I. Everyone is on the right money. It's I looking. I meaning spirit, let's say. I is what's seeing, Paul. In every one of our experience, what's seeing Paul, I would call spirit, yes? The mental process goes, all right, I'm going to ask who's seeing Paul. I'm seeing Paul. The mental process claims it and becomes the I, yes? And the I is a me. 
a body. Yeah? So the mental process, if you look at your thinking, the mental process holds you as a body. When you think about you in the past, how do you think about you? As a body, yes? When you predict or have a mental picture of what could possibly happen to you in the future, what is going to happen? What is that you that is going to happen to? A body. So the mental process holds you as a body. The thinking system, the highest level it can bring you to a you is a body. Yeah? And if you're relying on this system of thought, which most of us are, you're going to be identified with what it's identified as, which is a body. Yes? So you're going to be identified as a body. <laughs> and so the seeing won't be noted as seeing. It will be I'm seeing. Yeah? So here's the act of seeing, which is way before your mental reaction to it, which is the claiming of it. I'm seeing. Yeah? But first they're seeing. So let's say a bird flew by the window. I see the bird. Yeah? If my eyes were open. Now my head may say, I didn't want to see that bird, but I saw that bird. Yeah? And at meetings you'll hear people talk, oh, I don't want to feel this feeling, but you're feeling the feeling first. Yeah? So mental reaction is, I don't want to feel this feeling, but the first thing that happened was the feeling of the feeling. Yes? That's called conscious contact. That comes first. So there's the conscious contact. I'm seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching. And the mental process says, I'm the one who's seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching. So there's the seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching. And the mental process's reaction to that is, I'm going to step behind that, yes, which is consciousness, which is spirit, and I'm going to make spirit a verb that I'm doing. Yeah? So I'm the one who's seeing. I'm the one who's feeling. I'm the one who's touching. I'm the one who's tasting. I'm the one who's spelling. And then... The mental process, once claiming the conscious contact, now riffs on it, called playing God. I didn't want to feel that. I don't like that. I really want this. I don't like that. And then it starts going off, yeah? And desires arise and aversions, which means hatred arises. So you're moving towards things you think you like, and you're moving away from things you don't. And now you're living a total interpretation of conscious contact by the mind. So the living of life, the wonder and awe that if you weren't in an abusive situation when you were young, you probably had a lot of moments of wonder and awe when you were a kid. I mean, I played for three years with like 13 army men every day. I didn't have like tons of toys. Just give, it, give me a couple of things and I could just, my mind would just entertain thousands of possibilities with those little things, yeah? What happened? What happened to that wonder and awe? What happened to that immediacy? What happened to that feeling? Like, I didn't walk around my house when I was a kid going, I think the living room should be bigger. Yes. I don't like the size of my bedroom. It's a little too small for me. Don't they understand who I am? Uh, where's the gap clothes? I need some sunglasses. I'm like four years old. I know I need sunglasses. I'd rather be naked. You know, oh, I don't like mother. She's very ugly. I want another mother. I'm going to withhold my love from her. She doesn't deserve my love. She's ugly. You know, this life doesn't deserve my t participation. I think it sucks. None of that was going on. The freedom was that you didn't have any option. Really. Yeah? You were there because there was, you were here because there was no mental there you could go to. Yeah? You were here because you weren't entertaining a there yet. 
What happened is, we've been entertaining it there so long, it's become here for us. Literally. We've been entertaining what's not happening so much, it blocks out what's happening, and now we take what's not happening to be truly what's happening. So next Friday's concerns and worries are more important than the immediacy of this moment. Because we're sitting here, not occupied by the conscious contact, we're occupied by what's not happening. A lot of us. The thoughts are about next week and what could possibly happen to you as a body. And there's a huge amount of concern about that. Yeah? And so your attention gets goes up the ass of self. Because self drives in what's not happening. And then you get constipated in a way. You can't come out. You know what I mean? So now you're seeking relief from self as self. Self can't get out of self. How could a product of a mental process ever transcend the mental process? How could someone, something that's made up, the feeling of being you, ever leave what produced the feeling of being you? If it left the feeling of being you, there wouldn't be a feeling of being you. <laughs> if your attention left the mental process, if you weren't so addicted to the idea of being a self, if your attention could entertain, possibly I'm not that which I'm absorbed in and as, if that attention left, you would see there's no need to get out of self because there was never a self to be in. It's like truly, no matter how real it feels, the effects it has is on other appearances, yeah? It's like, if I hit this wall, my arm's going to get hurt, yes? So I think this is real because it produces a real effect on what I take to be real. But what happens if maybe, just maybe, this is truly an appearance in the reality of spirit? In other words, let's say consciousness is all there is, and its nature is of no thing. It's not in a body form, yes? Let's just say consciousness of spirit is that field of everywhereness, and in that field of everywhereness, appearances are arising, and they're seen because there's awareness. So the body is truly an appearance appearing in awareness. Without the awareness, there would be no appearance of a body. Why are we taking ourselves to be what's appearing instead of what's noting the appearance? Why are we placing our flag in this position of appearance and then forgetting our true nature, which is what's seen, not what's being said to be the seer, but what's seen, yes? And not what's seen, but the act of seeing. That is prior to everything that appears here. Because without it, there would be no recognition of any appearance. Without awareness, there would be nothing to see of an appearance. So in a sense, consciousness is prior to the mental reaction to it, which is claiming it and saying, I'm conscious. Yes? And as soon as your consciousness, and it's not yours, as soon as consciousness is, is now thrown into the mental realm of being claimed by a mental process, then consciousness is forgotten, and now you can become conscious or you can be unconscious. Here, yes? Based on what you do or don't do, which is what I call playing God. 
The mental activity called selfing plays God here. It says, I forgot that all there is is consciousness, and conscious is now an attribute I can have or not have. Yeah? Either I can be really conscious if I practice a lot and meditate, or I can be really unconscious if I eat McDonald's food and look at porno all night. So basically now consciousness, which is a prior state to everything that's appearing, is now becoming an adjective that you can have as this. I can be conscious as this. And then what happens? All right, so then you and I think we've achieved consciousness. What is immediately entertained if you believe you achieve something? You can lose it. Immediately. Immediately. The mind is dualistic. So if it believes it can attain something, it believes it can lose it. The beauty of this is you don't have it, so you can't lose it. You are it. Yes? It's totally taken out of the realm of God playing by mind, because it's prior to what's playing God. It's the God of that God. Yes? It's prior to what's playing God here. And it doesn't play by the rules of the fake God. It's always so, available at all times, with no requirement necessary. Does that sound like the God that you know? The God that you know is usually based on if you think you have the right to know it, by what you did that day. Oh, I really practice hard. I've got five minutes of knowing God. The God of your understanding. The God of your understanding is of time and space, of being located somewhere else that has to be pray to, to get a little relief from the unbearability of being what you're not. When the God of this understanding, of its own understanding, is always available at all times, with no requirement necessary, and it's not of time. Therefore, it's not of a process. In everywhere, where would you start to get to? And where would you leave from? And where would you arrive at? Every point in everywhere is everywhere. Yes? There's no center of everywhere. Every point is everywhere. So if I, as a body, of course, I'm in a location, and then distance and time become very important, yeah? It looks like I want something that I don't have, and I have to do something to get it. So let's say I want a new message, so I decide I've got to go to Tibet, I've got to travel, buy a ticket to India, and then Tibet and eat potato soup for like 12 freaking days. And then finally get to the cave, and then I'm going to be given something by a guy or a woman. And then by getting that, I'm going to have this incredible spiritual advantage. Who's playing God at that point? The head is. The head's telling you, oh, I have to go to Tibet. Who tells you? Who says that? If you get to Tibet, they'll tell you, hey, you didn't have to come to Tibet. <laughs> that will be the message. Hey, you could have saved the whole airplane ticket. Why the hell are you here for? <laughs> I thought I had to get something. No, you don't. Oh, man, then it was worth it. Why save, save the trip? But as soon as this is playing God, and it's playing God, if it's called you, you, yes? If, you, if it's called a you, a, the me, that's playing God. Because now, spirit is denied, and this is essentially. You take this to matter, like the word matter. It's solid. It's rock hard. This is what the mind believes is true. Something that can be felt, hard, matters. Yes, it's solid. Spirit does, oh, it's airy-fairy, ephemeral. It's nothing. It has no effect here. This is what's real, to an appearance. But here, just like this, we're sitting in this chair. Yes? Here's the chair, sitting there. 
The chair has a function. It's a lot of asses have sat on that chair. And let's say it's been here for 50 years. There's marks in the floor where it's been and everything. And let's say I come here and I take it to move the chair. Yeah? Now, did I have to move any space in? To, you know, because obviously the chair was taking up space, wasn't it? So I must have rushed in and moved the space before you saw me. I, I got to the closet, oh, I rushed in, okay. And it's, oh, and if you look at it, the only way you remember the chair is by memory. Yeah, because you're not seeing it anymore. You remember it, just like when you wake up in the morning and you remember your room. You don't see the room, but you remember the room. And then you remember the streets outside, then you remember in your Mill Valley, then you see the bay, then San Francisco. It's all memory. This whole life is a memory. Yeah? Haven't you done that? When you wake up in the morning, doesn't it feel like you're a body? You're not seeing the body, are you? You're not seeing it. You may not even touch it, but the mind has a memory of it. And your mind just creates a memory. And then your whole world appears like a Google map. Yeah? All your relationships, all this, all the meaning of it. And then you wake up, it's preformed like a glove, and then your underdone consciousness just slips in it like a pair of slippers, and then you walk all day. <laughs> this reality. Yeah? So here, you move the chair. <coughs> you wouldn't know it was there except for memory. No way. Because if you look at it, where are, it, where are its effects? It only has effects on other appearances, like the floor and the, the furniture, yeah? Maybe there was marks where the chair was, but in the space, does it have any effects? Yeah. Does it have any effects? Hmm? Can you see that it was here ever? Does it has the space? Is the space holding any effects by the appearance of that chair? In a sense, to the space, from the space's point of view, it was like the chair doesn't even exist. Yeah. And in a sense, it never existed because it never took up any space. Just like this wall doesn't take up any space. The wall has not moved space away. If you knock this wall down, what would be there was the space that was always there. Yeah? So this is really an appearance in space. We think it's solid because we're an appearance in space. <laughs> so of course, for me to be real, i got to be this is real. But if you actually took this wall down, there would be no, you wouldn't have to move in. Or how much, how much space did that wall take? I'd say 800. Uh, metric feet. Okay, bring it. Pull up that space uh, store. Hey, bring some space in quickly. All right. <coughs> All right. Everyone, go to the bathroom. We're gonna knock the wall down. We don't want you to see us move the space like it. Okay. Wow. It's like the wall never was there. Exactly. What's the difference between the chair and me? Yeah. If I walk out of the room, the only you don't even know me by memory. Yes. You wouldn't be seeing me, would you? You wouldn't be hearing me or feeling me. You would hold me in memory. In other words, your experience of me would be in memory. What do you think your experience of this place is right now but memory? The mind is dreaming, yeah? And we're a dreamt object in the dream. And yet, we're also the space that the dream is appearing in. Yeah? It's incredible. Now, many of us are identified as the dreamt object, and the appearances in the dream are having huge effects on us. 
And we're really seeking for an advantage so that we can make a little better way in this place of effects. Like maybe I can go to a picnic and not flip out. Or maybe I can have a one-month-long relationship and not fucking blow it up. You know, I mean, maybe I can get a job again. Who knows? We don't have, we have very, very meager ideas of success because we've been just beaten down in this slavery. Yes? But in a sense, at that same time, the appearance seems to be totally beaten down. You are what has never been affected by any appearance. The appearance of what you call you included. You are that space. Yeah? Like, if you ever heard some spirituality, it would say, mind, it doesn't mean mind is this, it says, mind is like open sky, yes? It's not like, it's not truly like that, but it's a pretty good indicator. Mind is like space, yeah? infinite, empty, and it has the quality to reflect. So right now, our minds are reflecting memories, basically. We're giving, it's like a, we're giving, we're infusing a memory with light and it's making this dream up in a sense. Yes? So I know Deb as a memory, basically. So when I see her walk in my house, I remember her. That's Deb, yes? How you don't see that that memory goes past that? <laughs> this whole place is a projection. All thoughts are memories. They're all old. They're all a system of how light gets projected and, and takes a reality to it. Yeah. <laughs> Yet, you and I are less aware of that. Yeah. So my view for this in recovery was the root of the problem is cast as obsession, obsession with self. So you're totally obsessed with what you think you are. Really. That's what the mind's doing. So here's you. You become the soul, son of the solar system, the mental solar system. And then all of the thoughts are orbiting around that sun. So, your daily obsession is how the mind reinforces the identification. That's how it does it. It has to constantly apply new glue because it's not a natural bonding. Consciousness to form is not natural bonding. Yes? Consciousness is no thing. To be bonded as a thing is sort of not natural, in a sense. So, the daily application of the glue to keep that bond together so that your spirit forgets its nature and acquires the nature of an appearance has to be reinforced. What is that but the daily narrative going on in, quote-unquote, your head? All the thoughts, and they sound like you, but that's just the vocal cords of this body, but you're identified as a body, so you think it's you. <laughs> Doesn't it sound... If you had, like, Mother Teresa's thoughts, first of all, you'd probably go to an emergency room in your head, and you knew it was Mother Teresa, you'd have a sort of like some wisdom around that. But because they sound like yours, because they're, come, you know, they're coded with this sound, <laughs> and we're identified as this, we're like very, oh, here's the Greek oracle once again speaking to me. <laughs> Let me follow its directions once again, with the hopes that somehow, against all the odds and wisdom I've acquired, it's going to work out. <laughs> you would immediately have immunity to it if you didn't see them as yours. You would if you didn't have, if the thought wasn't held as my thought, the thought would be seen as what it is, which is a thought. And its nature is to come and go. It's the my. The my is the, is the bondage. Just like if I put money here and sex here and health here. 
and everyone would see it, and it would bring up meaning. Yeah? If I see the word money and health and sex, it brings up certain meaning to me. But if you want to change the heaviness of it, add the word my, my money, my sex, my health. Huge stories are written about my health, my money, my sex. Huge stories. Huge reams and reams of mental writing have, been, have gone over this. The my is the act of being identified. Yes? That's how the mind does it. It claims everything. The body is claimed as yours. Time is claimed as yours. Life is claimed as yours. That's why in recovery we say, turn your will and your life over to care of something greater than yourself. It, you don't lose a will in life. Will in life continues. But the yourness of it is what hopefully gets dropped. You surrender it as your life and your will over to care of something what? Greater than self. So that maybe, just maybe, you'll start seeing it as thou will and thou life. Or life. So instead of seeing life is happening to me all day, you'll see life is happening. Yeah. The way to travel with life, if you're seeing as life is happening to you, tons of mental reaction occurs. You think about what's happening to you. A lot. Yes? It shouldn't be happening. I hope it stops happening. Will it be happening to me later? This happened to me in the past. It's just thinking on thinking and thinking. But if you see life is happening... There's not much thought involved because it's self-explanatory. When something happens, it explains itself. And what happens is you don't know, but you find out. You're in the state of I don't knowness, like in Zen. The purest mind is I don't know. And in the state of I don't knowness, what happens? You find out because you don't know. Yeah? So each moment, you find out by what? The moment. Like here in this place of time, God deals each hand one at a time, doesn't it? Even in our structure of time, you don't get to know what's going to happen at 4 p.m. at 8 in the morning. All you get is the card that was dealt at 8 in the morning, yeah? So when you walk into a day in this casino, let's say if life is just happening, you sit at the table, you get dealt a card one at a time. Now, in the mental casino, you want to know what it's going to be like. So when you wake up, the mind goes down and says, oh, today's going to suck. You haven't even gotten out of bed yet, but your mind has already forecast the whole day's going to suck. There's going to be how many seconds of a day? Thousands of cards are going to be dealt to you, but you've already surmised all the hands are going to comprise a one motherfucking sucky day. This is called playing God, yes? A day happens like this. Oh, what does this mean? It means you have a deuce. <laughs> oh, but what does a deuce mean? Then the mind just riffs. Uh-oh, I'm going to get a four. And then I'm going to get a seven. And I'm going to lose. Fuck it. No, it's a deuce. That's what it means. What? Yeah. Let's see what else it means. Well, a three comes. Oh, it's a three. What does that mean? I have a two and a three. <laughs> Not much thinking. You just find out. Yeah. And everything you find out about, obviously you're there to find out, so you're equipped to find out, because you're there. Yeah. <laughs> this is just a way of traveling later. And obviously, if you've been in recovery, you know what it's like to travel as a self. You're not even, most people I hear, they're not even recognizing they're sober at the time they're talking. They're just worried. They have such a belief and so much 
confidence in the all-powerfulness of the disease, they can't even enjoy a reprieve from it a day at a time because they think, I'm a retread, I'm never going to get this. That's all selfing. Yeah? Right at this moment, you're in the solution. What's the solution? Conscious. You're conscious at this very second. It's not you that's conscious, but consciousness yeah, is allowing the you to appear. It's just sort of like putting a horse in front of the car. Just simply, what came before me was the, the awareness. Now, how could I be this and not be that, that which came before this? <laughs> I would say I'm that. Yes? The consciousness, not the mental reaction that says it's me, the body that's conscious, because obviously that's not true. Have you seen a dead body that once had life? The body's there, incomplete. Maybe their eyes work, everything works, but nothing's being seen. There's no seeing anymore. Yet if you took that eye out of that dead body, put it in a live body, it would see. It would facilitate seeing that eye. The lenses are perfect, but then there's nothing to see through them. There's no consciousness, there's no awareness that's animating this, let's say, the camera. Yes? So the camera isn't what's seen. There's something that sees through this camera and has contact here. I would say that's what we are. Some people would call that spirit. So yes, you may seem to be an appearance, but to know that you're not allows a much lighter traveling as the appearance. Yes? It's so funny because the self, as a self, all it wanted was to be great and to feel great. But the greatness really gets to be a living experience when you're not the self. So exactly what it wants, it can have as itself. By seeing you're not that, you get what it always wanted, which is an ease and comfort in its own skin. It thought by managing and controlling everyone else that would be produced, but obviously that doesn't work. But an ease and comfort comes from its absence, really. When you're not identified as a self, there's an ease and comfort that comes over the, the appearance. thinking about this is it you. Something ran to the mail slot and tries to grab the letter and claim it to be. I'm the one who heard this. <laughs> as soon as it does that, it nudes the message. It's sort of like, you're a lion. You're a lion. Okay. So you hear the message. You're a lion. 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 Then it hits you a little ear. And then it's, I could become like a lion. No, that's not the message. You're a lion. Okay, I really like this message he's saying. What is it? Well, it sounds like he says I'm a lion, but how it's translated is in me is I can become like a lion. No. You can never become what you are. It's impossible. You have to be something else to become what you are. You see the immediacy of the solution? If the wave 
recognize, after all of its longing and trying to study what it would be like to have an experience of the ocean, it's the way things If I could get an experience of the ocean, it would be an advantage for me as a wave. Yeah? Maybe I'd have a sense of being wet, and all the other dry waves would be thinking I was special. Yeah? But the whole point is, no matter how much the wave studies the ocean, it's still bonded because it thinks it's a wave. Yeah? If you recognize you're not a wave, that's the ocean. When you recognize I'm not that, that's what you are. In, you are the seeing of I'm not that. And then, when you hear what St. Francis says, what's looking is what you're looking for, you get the real flavor of it. Because what's looking, right at this very moment, is what you and I are looking for. Yeah? But we're looking as that. Yeah? We're looking as what we're looking for. That's why we can't see it. Yeah? Because we believe we know what we are. And what we believe we are isn't what's looking. So immediately we have to start looking for it. We believe we're something other than what's looking, so that immediately creates this, the drive of seeking, which is the you looking for. And in ignorance, we look for what's looking outside, usually, in people, places, and things, yes? We're looking for what's looking outside. So the point is, is not to try to correct that, but to see you're not that you that's looking for, and that's what's looking. Right now, my head may be casting this event as me looking for something. I'm looking for a message or to feel better, or maybe I'm looking to get out of here or whatever. <coughs> yes? But I'm looking for something. If I sense that I'm not that you that's looking for, that's what's looking. What my mind interpreted as me looking for is what's looking. Yeah? What my mind interpreted as me looking for, yes, is what's looking. So what my head casts as me, looking for, is what's looking. And the you, the mental you, yeah, that's looking for, is that what's looking. So when you see you're not the you that's looking for, that's what's looking for. It's immediate. It's not like, oh, alright, so now the you looking for has been suspended, now I can get busy and find what's looking. No, that would be you looking for again. Yes? Yeah, yeah. So, here's what you're looking for. Gets a bitch slap. Stops. And there it was looking. But then it jacks up and gets, okay, now I'm looking for that. That pause like I just had. That's what I'm looking for. No. That's what's looking. <laughs> Wait a minute. Oh, hold on a second. All right. I feel something coming. <laughs> I feel the pause. That's what I'm looking for. That's what's looking. No, that's the you looking for. <laughs> Wait a minute. I'm going to get this one day. Alright, where is it? I'm looking. Alright, what's looking for? I'm looking. I just can't find it. That's what's looking. All... Every event of what your mind says is you looking for is what's looking. Yes? What's looking is the constant case. And the mind's interpretation is there's a you and a me looking for all day. 
It interprets the what's looking. But the interpretation doesn't change what's looking. What's looking is what the you is looking for. Yeah. But it's looking for as what's looking. Yeah. The you looking for, the you now becomes you, yes? And now what's looking becomes a verb it's doing. Yes? So what's looking is just what's looking. Just seeing. So now seeing gets claimed as I'm seeing, and now it becomes a looking for. St. Francis was trying to say in this time, says, what you're looking for, all these pursuits, is what's looking. How can that be? I know what's looking for. Let me ask you, who is it that's looking for? It's me. Which is what? A you. A body. Identified. Yeah. Boom. Okay. So this is what's, this is the you. Why can't I find what's looking? Because the you that's looking for is what's looking. Wait a minute. How can I miss it? If I'm the you that's looking for, if I'm the you that's what's looking, no, you're not the you, that's what's looking. So the same looking that's cast as, the same seeing that's cast as you looking for is what's looking. That's exactly, in other words, right now, what's looking is dominant. The mental interpretation is there's a you that's looking for. That's the interpretation. But there has to be a reality to be interpreted. Yes? So the reality is seeing, and that's always happening, always. And so the interpretation is you looking for. And that's the mind's interpretation of what's seen. But it can't, it can only have an interpretation because there's the seeing. Yes? The mind cannot be looking. It doesn't have the, the quality of seeing. It doesn't have the quality of consciousness. So, it's looking is a bastardization of seeing. Yeah? So, what's looking is what you are looking for. But it's not an object to you. It's not a thing. It's what's looking. Right now. Oh, it's so beautiful. Because it takes no time. None. Not one moment. No process. No practice. You don't have it, so you can't lose it. You can't achieve it, so you can't fuck it up. In other words, your whole realm of God playing is neutered. Yes, beautiful. Here you go, alright. I'm not that. It doesn't mean, okay, now that I'm not that, I'm going to find out what I am. No, what you are is the recognition, I'm not that. Yes? It cuts the dualistic approach, totally. So here I am. I see what I'm not, and that's it. I don't have to go, okay, now that I've seen what I'm not, I'm going to try to see what I am. That seeing, that's what you are, is the seeing of what you're not. There's not another movement to make. You see what you're not, that's it. <laughs> it's so beautiful. It's, it's unadorned now. It's the raw data. It's the raw sense of being here. Seeing. And once you get a flavor of it, you'll see the interpretation instead of seeing from the interpretation, which is when the real message is neutered. Yes? When you see from the interpretation, you'll never see the truth, because you are that truth. But when you see the interpretation, that's the freedom from what? The bondage to self. You're relieved of the bondage to self. 
thoughts aren't taken to be your thoughts. Yes? All the pontification about you is seen to be about like Al, a total stranger that you have no interest in. What happens to your interest and attention? I don't know. You'll see. I find it that since you have a sense of presence and you travel later through the terrain of your life here. I'm still going to get sick, sick or I'm going to get sick, but I'll travel later through it. Yeah? Because I won't have to go through with a giant mental machete all the minutia of fucking mental foliage the self thing throws up. Having to happen. I knew that. I, I had this trail once. Where did I... No? There's a freedom from the thoughts. You sense the space the thoughts appear in. And you sense the space as you. Not as an experience for you, but as you. You are that space which things appear in. You don't have an experience of it. Because experiences come and go. You sense it as that constant state. The seeing is a constant state. Yeah. <laughs> I just think it's so... I'm enthused by it. I've been coming for 20-something years. I'm totally amused by it. Because freedom has such an incredible flavor. It really does. And once you have the flavor of it, you won't be fooled by all the 38 other Baskin-Robin bullshit things. You'll have, the, you'll have a sense of what it's... And you'll be your own authority, finally. You'll know in your gut. Recovery, it says, you know, we surrender our will life to the care of a power greater than ourselves, you know, of our own understanding. Over time, it's really great to have a sense of, of its own understanding, that power. Not your understanding of it, but its own understanding. You'll have new downloads happen, and you'll see the incredible allness and everywhereness of this solution. Instead of having you play God with it and think, oh, we'll get me a parking space next week, or... I want to meet that girl, and maybe you can work that out. You know, you'll see the allness and everywhereness of it. Yeah, you won't see it, but you'll sense it. So I want to know what God of its own understanding, definitely not my understanding. Because if I put my frame around God, it's going to be a very small God, and the bigger God will be self, I'm telling you. Because self will tell you when you're getting close or far to that God that it made up. <laughs> so it's playing God with God. Watch, check it out. Who tells you you're doing good? Yeah. Who tells you you're doing bad? Yeah. Do you actually know? Do you ever know people when they go to work and then they, at 8 o'clock at night, they get the newsflash, like a CNN newsflash from Head Central. You had a bad day. Now, they were in the day the whole time. Why would it take like 12 hours for that? All that information to be digested and come out with the little, like, you know, you know those things at diners, the... Oh, the tell-all forecast that here's a nickel and you will be fucked by 2013. So they had broadcast news. Oh, I had a bad day. It's like 9 o'clock at night. You were there the whole day and it dawned on you now. That's called like living in a time delay, isn't it? So you don't have a clue what's going on, do you? Until the head tells you. <laughs> you don't think it's having fun with us? It makes up tons of stories. It tells you, oh, you really want this. 
I mean, your whole life would be different if you had this. And all your attention gets funneled into that dream. Yes, I, that's going to be my arrival date. When I get that, oh, it's going to translate into me being really happy for a long, long time. Yeah? And then you go and you work towards it and you say no to everything else except for that, which is never now, it's always later. And then when you arrive, isn't it so disappointing? Uh, and then what happens? You get on the same track, another carrot gets thrown in front of you, and just like a obedient mule, you just keep, you know, trudging the road of terrible destiny. You know what I mean? Living on hope. <laughs> Somehow somebody will save you. <laughs> and you don't even want to be saved. You'd kill a savior if they showed up. <laughs> really. <laughs> You'd be the first one asking for their crucifixion. <laughs> it would be too much for you. Because your mind has a lot invested in being right. It really is, and it's right about its story. It really thinks it's fucked and it's stubbornly going to hold on to that. Yeah. Check it out. If a miracle happens this morning, how long does it take for you to forget it? A couple hours, maybe. A resentment of 30 years ago, you're, you're cultivating like a marijuana plant. You know what I mean? The buds are getting bigger and bigger and you're smoking. Yes. If my mother would have sent me to that school, everything would have been better. It's all her fault. She didn't breastfeed me long enough. <laughs> and you sing this tune to yourself, and you believe it, really. You got the violins going every day. Everything would have been different. No, it wouldn't. This is it. If something was supposed to happen, it did. <laughs> if it didn't, it wasn't supposed to happen. So I don't know. I hope uh, this is not a draft or a conscription. It's not a vote against or for anything else. It's a simple invitation. It's like I'm a cod salesman, like a little fish salesman. I'm not comparing it to mackerel or salmon. I don't give a shit your opinion about anything here. It's a piece of God. You can grill it, sushi it, store it, freeze it, whatever. But maybe it'll help you out. Maybe it'll travel lighter. I mean, you might as well get to the root of the problem, really. If you don't get to the root of the problem, the problem is going to exist as you. It is. Seriously. If identification is, I believe, the root of the problem, then you're existing as the problem. And you're seeking relief for the problem, but as the problem. Yeah? you got to see that's a dead-end road of endeavor. You'll always be enslaved to getting better. You'll always be an urban renewal project. Your mind will sit on top of you and judge and critique you from this day on to the day you die. And probably will critique the moment or two before death. You really blew it. Look at the, what you've lived a wasted life. It's all mine. Mine, 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 mine. Yes? Really. And it's not going to let up. It's going to sit on you, and it's going to because it thinks it's you. It owns you, and it critiques your body and your look and your circumstances in life and this and that, and compares it with others and goes on and on. It promises you that there are so many days that you will arrive, and then I'll finally be at peace. And now that you finally got this, everything will be great from now on. And of course, it never does deliver the goods, does it? And it's not going to stop. It's its nature. It's like a snake. It's going to bite you. No matter if you treat it nice or bad, it's still going to bite you. That's its nature. The mind is going to 
reinforce its identification, which is to be a separate unit. That's the mental system. The mind sees you as a body. That's how it sees you. If how it sees you, the mental process is by thinking. And it thinks of you as a body. When it projects you in the future, it sees you as a body. When it goes back to the past, it sees you as a body. It's that's the formation and the main program of that system is to cast you as a body. So if you're relying on thoughts and you're getting all your information from that K-Paul station, which is thought and thought alone, driven, then you're going to be, in the sense, identified as a body. And you're going to take the concerns and worries of a body to be your concerns and your worries, and then the mind is going to do what it does with its concerns and worries, which is think about it. Because that's its only way. It's like a shark. The only way a shark meets you is by biting you. It can't touch you with its fin. It can't check you out. It checks you out by, ah! That's where its senses are. The way this thing knows is thinking. It knows of you by thinking. It knows of you by thinking. It knows of this place by thinking. And that thinking is very small, very defined, and the one we're saddled in, or as, is self-centeredness. An extreme, extreme division of self-centeredness called alcoholism. Yeah? Everything is seen as it pertains to me, and that me is a body. Yeah? You know how far away from you spirit is? Spirit is as, as far as far you can be in space as you taking yourself to be a body. The idea of you becoming spiritual as a body is just a fail freaking mechanism. That's why they say it may take lifetimes to purify. Give me a fucking break. I wouldn't wait for an hour for a shot of coke. You're going to tell me to wait for lifetimes to get purified so I can feel spiritual? Give me a break. Give me cable TV and some Agendas. I don't practice anything. I want some relief now. <laughs> oh, don't worry. It'll be great way, way down the road. You'll be born in a princely home. Give me a fucking break. <laughs> oh, wake up. That's, that's not a command. It's just recognition of a fact. You are awake. What's seen has never been unawake. It has never turned into a way of looking. It's seen, seen, seen. The mind's interpretation is it's a way of looking called self-centeredness, but it's seen. Seen. It's never been bastardized by what the mind, what template the mind has put over it. No matter how much the mind has claimed it, try to make it into some foreign thing that's going to happen when I go there or do this. All of that hasn't changed its nature one bit. Seeing. The quality is constant, everlasting, not of time, not of process. Natural, relaxed awareness. Seeing. And in that, you can see what you're not. And in that, that's what you are. The seeing of what you're not. So, any questions?